Welcome to Hardcover Hooligans. My name is Danilo. Uh, Mac, I have a question for you. What is it, Danilo? Mac, would you drive metal spikes through your eyeballs <laughs> if they let you sniff out orphan children? <laughs> Yeah, I think I would. I think yeah. that looks bad. It's probably my, one of my favorite parts of this bit is how cool that guy looked. And I hope... I was really sad he's not in the rest of the chapter, but I'm sure they will come back at some point. But he was fucking badass. So, yeah. Mac, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Uh, my name is uh, McIntyre Godwin, and I read Mistborn this week. Past two weeks, I guess. The first part of it. Um, and I'm looking forward to talking about it, because I got a lot to say. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, I also read Mistborn, the first part of it, but I have read it before. And I've, in fact, read the whole trilogy before. So I will sort of be taking the lead on this discussion with Mac as we go through the story, talk about it, and have extremely strong opinions. And you, uh, sorry to interrupt, you have uh, not read or not finished the second trilogy? No, I haven't finished Era 2. All right. There's supposed to be Era 3, which is supposed to be very cool. I don't know if you know, like, the conceit behind all the uh, eras. No. As far as... You probably can't answer this for me, but if if this book does not end with the fi- the end of the final empire, I'm going to lose my mind that I have to read two more books to figure out what happens. I'm going to be so mad. I mean, it is a trilogy, so... I know, but I really think that the first book is going to be some huge reveal that maybe they've been wrong the whole time. That's my call shot, but maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Well, I think at the end, we'll, we'll do predictions at the end. Yeah. Um, so, Mac, how are you reading this book? Since we are the hardcover hooligans, we should talk about the... Uh, Right. The version of the book we're reading and how we're reading it. Uh, we are the Hardcover Hooligans. I own two hardcover books. Both of them are separate editions of The Lord of the Rings. Uh, I read this <laughs> book on an e-reader. Not going to say which kind unless we get sponsored. For right now, that's under wraps. Uh, but I read it mostly on an e-reader. Um, I had some, some, some time off for holidays and stuff recently. But when I was back to work... I finished this section via audiobook. Oh. And I got to tell you man, that guy is is he put his whole penis into that recording, man. <laughs> I mean, he is he is giving it his all. He does he does all the ne- never once was I confused on who was speaking even when the sentence is not preceded by like whoever said, you know. I was never confused. And that was I actually enjoyed the book a lot more listening to him read it. Um, but it also had its own share of weird little issues that, I don't know, I thought was strange. But I like the audiobook a lot. I don't know if that's a popular opinion, but... I think, yeah, I think that's fairly... I get the sense that a lot of people like the audiobooks. Um, I've only done the audiobooks of, like, some of the Mistborn Era 2 ones. I haven't done the original Mistborn trilogy and the Stormlight Archive audiobooks. But I know people mm-hmm. love them. And it's the same guy doing all of them. And I think he does a very good job. He does do a very good job. I got a little nervous when the name Sazed came up. I was like, what kind of voice are we doing for this guy? But it was not uh, it was not horribly offensive like I was uh, nervous it would be. None of them are, actually, which I was pretty surprised at. But these books are popular for a reason, so I can't imagine they hired some maniac to do the voiceover. So, <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to do an offensive Asian accent for Sazed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, this. I was going to talk about this later, but my big theory about one of the reasons Brandon Sanderson is so popular is because 
either he writes he he consciously writes for audiobook or his style mm. is just so like clear and readable that it works particularly well on audiobook where like other fantasy yeah. books don't that's my that's my conspiracy theory. I don't think I don't think that's a, I definitely agree because there there's something about reading this book and we'll talk about it that I sometimes I wanted to jump off the roof but listening to somebody read it I thought fit it better because I think this book is for a m- younger demographic and if not a younger demographic then like a less well-read genre fiction demographic. So I think that simplicity works really well when it's like somebody because I can I don't know I just imagine I I, I don't I, I don't know we'll talk about it it's I have a lot of feelings about the way this book is written but I I think you're right I think it it is written for audiobook and you know frankly I'm kind of he's making a movie about this or he's writing a script for a I think movie so. about they, this I mean, they've been talking about it for a while from what I can tell I think that would be fucking cool mm-hmm. I think that would be badass well. Let's get into the details. Yeah. So we read Mistborn, The Final Empire, the prologue and part one, which is like the first like quarter of the book, maybe third of the book. Um, and this novel written by Brandon Sanderson was published in 2006 by Tor. And this is his, this is Sanderson's second published novel. Oh, I, I thought it was his first. What's the first one? There's a... There's a novel called Elantris, which is oh, still thought, like Cosmere. Um, I thought I've heard it's th- okay. that was this the whole time. I because I just people speak about these books in such like a all encompassing way. I just sort of figured Elantris was another way they spoke about this because I've been oh. avoiding all spoilers. So when I have a question, I have not looked up the answer to that question. I've just assumed wrongly in my head that it's part of this book. Because just because of my searching, you know, on uh, on uh, Reddit, because I'm part of a lot of, like, book subreddits or whatever, mm-hmm. um, th- these Brandon Sanderson ones have started to come up. And, and man, I, have I never been more confused about what the hell people are talking about. They're just, like, names and memes I don't get. <laughs> it is, I don't know, it's, I think it's pretty awesome. But. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm on the meme pages. It's, it's hard yeah. to, uh, <laughs> one of the reasons to read all of them is to avoid spoilers. That is, like, yeah, a big... Yeah. A big motivator. Um, oh yeah, El- Elantris is the the first one, and it takes place on a completely different planet. Okay, so they so it takes place in quite literally the same universe. They're just on different planets. That's cool as hell. Yes, yeah. So when there's when there's like Cosmere, that's like the same universe. It's just like a different planet, effectively, or a or a planetary system. Is the Stormlight Archive on a different planet? Yeah, it's like in a different planetary system. That's really cool. Do you think you'll ever do a sci-fi novel where they... It's like the MCU, they're going to do like a Avengers and unite them all? Or is that a spoiler? Don't tell me. I mean, I think you should... We should just keep reading these books. That is... Okay, that's pretty cool. That might change my opinion on this book. I mean, that that is one of the things we're going to read... After we're done reading the original trilogy, we'll read uh, Mistborn, A Secret History, which is like a novella. Um... And that sort of opens the the can of worms for like all the Cosmere connection stuff. It's very cool. That's one. That's one of the main appeals of the series. Why people like them so much. I had no idea about any of that. That's awesome. Okay, it's pretty cool. So, uh, 
let's just dive into the book. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of the book, there are some maps. I don't know if you had a, if you got to look at the maps, if you peruse the maps. I like me a good fantasy map. I like a good fantasy map too, but I, I try to not look at them um, right away or else I'll, I'll, I know I'll hopelessly be flipping back and forth between the map and the book the whole time. Um, so actually, I have not... My oh, yeah, opinion on the Mistborn map books is they're kind of bad and vague. <laughs> so I was oh. going to wonder if you had... <laughs> and not really helpful into determining where anything is. Um, I'm looking at it right now. The Luthadel map uh, looks like a big uh, tortilla that somebody hit with a meat hammer to like <laughs> tenderize meat. Uh, it's kind of confusing. But I like the... I mean, the final... You know, it looks like a fantasy map, I guess. I, I do like how it looks like a book cover... I think that's kind of cool, but, you know. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, I find it's not super important. I think once you get into later books, there's more detailed maps and stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. Just thought I'd get your take on that. And also, you know, pre-map, I do like the uh, dedication. What's the dedication? To his grandmother. It's for Beth Sanderson, who's been reading fantasy for longer than I've been alive and fully deserves to have a grandson as loony as she is. That's very sweet. It is. I don't think this book is super loony, but I do (laughs) think that that's a very sweet dedication. You don't find the ska to be hilarious? <laughs> um, yes, I do, but probably not for the reason that uh, Brandon Sanderson wants me to think. Uh, I just can't. Well, whatever. Right, no, I, I, don't, I think there. I have the same feeling. We're going to talk about them in, like right now. Um, so the prologue of the book. The prologue of the book is when we first get into this world. We have uh, Lord Tresting, who is a nobleman who owns a ska plantation somewhere in the countryside. <laughs> And that's what they're called. It's called it's called a ska plantation. Do you think he? Do you think yes. he knows? Yes. Do people complain about this or like question this? No, I had and I had an ins I had an insight to this. I think, I think, because there's a lot of stuff, especially like if you just read this first section, and you're trying to like figure out how to feel about it. There yeah. just aren't a lot of indicators about how you as a reader should feel about it and i think part of that is you know point of a point of view decision like this is just how this world is and so the people in it are going to just react to how it is you know yeah it is like you wouldn't come you wouldn't think that bugs are weird because you you know you live around bugs I haven't reread like Stormlight Archive in a while, but I think especially like in this part, when I think he's trying to go for like a morally gray area thing, especially through this whole book. Um, But I think sometimes that comes across as like morally ambivalent. Like instead of like, let's be morally gray, let's like just put that out there and not uh, address it, which I think it can be a, a negative as well. So I think, I yeah. think that's how it's coming across. Like, I think he's going for one thing, but it's coming across as, like, whatever. Yeah. This is my... Speaking of that, this ties in directly to that. This is my big called shot. These pre-chapter italicized things are... Is the Lord Ruler. That's my... Uh, that's my big thing. Okay. Is okay. he's the hero of ages, and he they're going to get to him, and he's going to be like, you guys got me all fucked up. He, or he's going to be, like, imprisoned and whatever. I think that he's... He's not a bad guy, even though Kelsier claims to have, like, met him and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's him. Or it's being 
or somebody's like puppeting him because the way they talk about him he does not sound very powerful i know he's in charge but they're like <laughs> they're i don't know they're just like he's like he's not misborn it's like okay well then what then what are we doing like you can you can just fly just kill him right now there's no reason that he's set up that he can't be killed i mean eh, maybe maybe people have tried maybe they don't want to i don't know i guess we'll find that's out that's true i guess we will i hope we find out so, the Ska Plantation. Back at the Ska Plantation. <laughs> Lord Trusting is being an evil asshole. Yeah, uh, he's being a comedy with... supervillain. Yeah. <laughs> comedy supervillain? Well, he's like, he's like, I don't know, he's, he says, uh, like, the way he talks about people is just like, God, he is hilariously evil. Like, what a perfect guy for us to see get killed first. Truly. Um, and so we learn about more of the world. There's a lot of ash. Plants are... I think that's cool. Plants are brown. They yeah. like don't grow really well. <laughs> Everyone's starving. Yeah. yeah. I got to tell you, though, um, I'm never... Na- I think I would never name my empire the final empire, just in case. Yeah, that's like... Yeah, I guess you jinxed it. That's like that's yeah. a big jinx. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess it's like a big... That's like a big dick energy move to be like, no, we're sticking around, baby. Like, this is the last <laughs> one. But, like, just on the off chance something goes wrong? I, I don't know. Yeah, they can't do, like, the second final empire. No. Like, that's not... doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it. No. Um, and so we kind of see Lord Trusting meet with an obligator. And an obligator is like a kind of, you know priest lawyer it's a very uh it's a very hmm. um religious oligarchical hierarchical society mm-hmm. um and they talk about some business things and then we go to the the ska house where they're all sitting around at night because they don't want to go out when the when the mists come out and we get our first introduction to kelsier he's got scars on his arms He's tall and handsome and likes killing noblemen. Yeah, he is the he's man, I was I was into this book and then Kelsier opened his mouth and it was downhill from there, man. <laughs> I just and you know, at at the end of this part, when he sort of lets his uh guard down, I actually like him. But when he's doing jokes, oh <laughs> my god, do I wanna just sh- put my e-reader through my skull man i just <laughs> and i feel for these ska man they're like can you can this guy fucking leave us i agree i'm like get the hell out like i, I would much rather be a ska than hang out with this douchebag all the time i don't trust him at all but turns out you know i guess we can trust him i guess he's a cool guy yeah i mean he's definitely a singular character yes he is he is self insert uh, epic uh, action hero cool guy. Yes, he he very he very much is. Which you know I do think actually works in the book. I just want to make that clear. Yeah. I, it's <laughs> not for me, but I think it works in the book. I don't think it's like an out of place thing in this world. It's just not my cup of tea. I agree, and I think I'm not you know I'm not Kelsier fanboy, but I agree. I think it works well. I think this book needed someone like him to work yeah because the rest of the crew is hilariously unlikable so uh and i hate vin but we'll get there (laughs) well so then kelsier comes talks about rebellion to the sky and then leaves and then the sky wake up and like the whole manor's burnt down and lords are killed and so they're kind of forced into 
forced into rebelling even though they didn't want to and not have to survive which is morally gray move yeah by you know, that is so the, it is good to know that because he says hang on I, I i had it just right here in my notes but it is literally like well, they're not. Oh, yeah, because they're the the scar talking to each other, and they're like, "Oh my God, why did Kelsey do this?" And then we, one of them says, "Because he knew we ne- quote because he knew we'd never rebel on our own, so he gave us no choice." End quote. Um, when I was reading it, I definitely did not think that Brandon Sanderson was trying to make me feel morally gray. I just thought he was of the opinion where like, no, this is the right thing to do. Hmm. Like, you always have to rebel. Which, when I was reading it, I thought was fucking crazy. Like, just thinking about it... Like, a serf peasant class, which is what... They're not all slaves, the ska, but they are, like, yeah. the serfdom of this world. If you did that to, like, a medieval peasant... Like, that guy doesn't know how to fucking read. What do you mean he's gonna <laughs> just join a rebellion? They're gonna get executed because they have nowhere to go. Yeah, hence why, like, Kelsier... I think, again, it says... You know, I think that's less, you know, Sanderson thing that's the right move. But, like, given who Kelsier is, that's what he would do and wants to do and think is right. And that makes more sense later when uh, Kelsier just absolutely slaughters a bunch of people who just have day jobs. Which I think (laughs) retroactively (laughs) makes me be like, oh, no, I was supposed... Yeah, I get it. I get it. He is... It is very... uh, anti-hero he's very edgelord anti-hero guy he really is he really is but i do think um his general uh disposition and you know honestly later in this section the way he goes about being a anti-hero guy is not i feel like he stops being super morally gray when he when he speaks to Vin and he's like, I'm not gonna betray you. Do you want to learn how to do magic? I was like, what? Like this is the same guy? And then and I don't know if I'm getting hoodwinked because my original called shot was that this is the Lord Ruler. Oh. Um. But then I don't know. He just seen we get chapters from his perspective where he's like his inner monologue is like I'm not lying. So why would I have any reason to believe that he's lying? You know, right. unless that's a crazy meta narrative. But I just. I don't know. I have a feeling that's not what happens, but if it does, man, holy moly, will I eat my hat. And it's the it is like still the first section of the book with like a book with effectively two main characters. Yeah. And so like you don't get a lot of, you know, background for Kelsier and you only see him interacting in certain ways and so, you know, you got you have the rest of the book to sort of learn more yeah. about him. And I and I think you do. And I think you end up knowing him better. Yeah. By the end. And just one other thing, uh there's like some kind of there's like some kind of mist. Yep. That from the title. It's come it's from the title. Mistborn. <laughs> yeah. The mist. Oh, mist oh, mist oh, outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> it's just uh he has this he has this hilarious line that I uh that I highlighted and uh my note here says okay. The line is, I brought her out in the sunlight and she didn't disappear. That proves she's not a mist wraith. And I wrote, okay. Because, like, I don't... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. I guess. Well, whatever any of that means. Um... But the... The, uh... The mist is... Is weird. I don't... I don't know... It's not clear instantly why people are afraid of it other than it's, like, creepy mist. Mm -hmm. And then, even later, I'm still not sure why people are afraid of it. Um... 
I know that the miss rates can be scary, but we do meet one, and it kind of seems silly, like a goofy <laughs> guy, and I love him. Yeah, it's like a goofy, like, Studio Ghibli character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I hope, I'm excited to learn more about that, and I hope it's not just like a, uh, like, I don't know, they're just scared of the mist because the mists are like a new thing. That would be kind of lame, I think. Also, sorry I keep talking, just one other thing. I actually really like this. I thought it was corny, but it did, I actually really do like it. They're like, Kelsey, why are you smiling, you know? And he says, and I quote, You ask why I smile, good men menace. Well, the Lord Ruler thinks he has claimed laughter and joy for himself. I'm disinclined to let him do so. This is one battle that doesn't take very much effort to fight. I was like, oh... I was like, oh, that's why he's happy all the time, is because he has to. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that's not really true. He's just kind of happy and funny because we got to have a Han Solo thief character in the book. <laughs> but And that's fine. But I really liked that. I thought that was a, a really good motivation for why, a, why we need a character like this in this book. Yeah, and especially with um, early on in this book, with Vin being... Uh, undeveloped as a character, yeah. Um, because you know we get we see that development. Like having someone who like is a full rounded character is that we can follow is good. Like it is it is kind of interesting when you like reading through and like knowing what he has to set up and what he hasn't. Like really, there's a lot of complex moving parts, and I think you know some of it's. I think the execution is done pretty well and very easily readable. It is very easily readable, yeah. So on to part one, we meet uh, our hero of the story, Vin. And Vin has trust issues. Yeah, boy, does Brandon Sanderson... Oh my fucking god! There's a page in this set in one of these chapters <laughs> where three times on the page it's like, I thought he'd betray me. Oh no! I was worried about getting betrayed. I was digging my eyes out of my skull. It's like if they, if she says the word betray one more time, I'm gonna fucking lose it. Yeah, like someone says hello to her, and he's like, I was surprised he didn't betray me too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what is the matter? I literally have what? I just highlighted a section where she's talking about betrayal. My note just says what? Like, I, I don't... I have. It's just, yeah, it is not... <laughs> it's not subtle. It's not subtle. <laughs> that, yeah, it's so not subtle, I thought it was going to be like a, like a, like a joke. But it's not. It's her, it's her care. It's the first thing we learn about her. And it's mm -hmm. like so... I think it's dumb. <laughs> I don't like it. It's, it. It puts a bad taste in your mouth to meet one of the main character of this book, and that's her only character trait. And I think it's because it's said so many times. I feel like if like yeah. you said it like three times, like you'd get it. You know, if you if you said it three times and she acted the way she acted, like you'd get it. But the fact that like every page, it's like, and then Reen said, I remember him saying, yeah. "Everyone will betray you," yeah. and and he betrayed. <laughs> It's her brother taught her so many things that had reinforced them by doing what he'd always promised he would do by betraying her himself. What? Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not a lesson. You're just a dickhead. Why yeah. would she interpret it as like, I learned my lesson? Like, no, that's not a lesson. It's stupid. <laughs> well, I think the big part of it is like, um, you know, with the, we can talk about the, the sky in depth now or not, but you know, Vin grew up like that. And they are 
almost comically hopeless at all yeah. times. Which, yeah, like, they are. I guess I understand why you would be. But, like, it does sort of... <laughs> I find, like, it teeters the line between believable and, like, okay. Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of silly um, how sad they are. Uh, not all the time, but, you know, they're just, like... There are two classes of people in this world. And, you know, I do think this is, like I said, it's like a sort of a... I mean, it's very has a very archetypal uh, young adult fantasy novel structure. Like a hero is plucked from obscurity and thrust into like this magical world that she doesn't understand, and you know it helps with that where we don't have to really have complex questions about class when there are dirty, poor, hopeless slaves and evil, conniving rich people. Like it's right. pretty at least, cut and dry. at least right away. Yes, at least right away, because I doubt that. I'm sure that not all the nobles are bad, and in fact, a part of this section is about that, is about one character coming to the realization that that might not be the case. I just wish more of that was here, because I get it. Like, instantly, I got it. And then for 140 pages, I still get it. Like, I learned nothing really new, which sucks. And I think, like, I've, I think Sanderson has talked about how, you know, if he was writing the first Mistborn book today he'd like do things differently like he i think he said he would condense the first part to be like oh. more to the point to which i'm like i think it need like there's scenes that sort of do the same thing you know like why <laughs> there's are we... two uh, the thieves meet and then they and then they talk about a plan yes and then exactly. they're like we'll meet again and then they talk about the same plan they have the same <laughs> conversation twice it's but insane. there are more details in the second plan <laughs> and he has a whiteboard <laughs> he's writing <laughs> words on a whiteboard but yeah okay so then like we said, has trust issues. Uh, mm-hmm. If you did not get that from the book, you should read it again. <laughs> and she is part of a thieving crew led by Cayman. Is it Cayman? Yeah. Okay. That's what I didn't listen to the audiobook when they said his name, so I've been saying it Cayman. Who cares? He's in his for two seconds. His name's Cayman. True. And they are scamming noblemen. And Vin, he keeps Vin around as sort of like a good luck charm. We eventually find out that's because she can soothe people with her allomancy and she doesn't know she's doing it, which is, I think, kind of cool. I do. I think calling it luck is dumb as hell. Because, no, like, how is that luck? I, she knows she's using magic. It's not luck. No, but she didn't know the... she's using magic. Right, but she knows she's doing something. Yeah. Like, that's not luck. That's the thing. Like, if I'm doing good at my job, I'm not be like, oh, God, I was really lucky there. It's like, no, you know how you're doing something and you know you're doing it. That's Max, she's luck. an orphan Sky. I got to give her a break. <laughs> ba, 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 da, da. They have this line, a Ska thief here. That's real big fish when they covered uh, 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 Take On Me by uh, that band. So, that's what I think a Ska thief is. Two A's though, so <laughs> technically not the music. Scott Thief, the the a band that uh <laughs> that is, that stole another band's music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Scott cover band, a Scott cover band called Scott Thief. I just don't, I just don't understand why you'd make it not ska. It's a, I don't know. It's a word. It's just a made up word. But it's not Danilo. <laughs> <laughs> no, not no, band ska has one A. This one I has know. two A's. <laughs> I know. I know it's just so silly because he's a he's a Mormon, right? Yeah. Do you think he doesn't do you, know what's? Do you think he didn't what know what ska do you think when music he wrote was? This, yeah. Do you think when he wrote the book, he had never heard ska music before? I I mean, possibly. And then maybe by the time it got to like an editor, it's too late, it's, it's too late to change it. Yeah, it's fucking everywhere. And they did in 2006. They didn't have replace all. So 
<laughs> That's true. They didn't have computers back. They still write on a typewriter, click and clack it on there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, at a certain point, it stopped being funny. So I did get used to it. But just for this first section, every time it said it said like ska, like ska clothing. It's like checkered shoes and like <laughs> it's just like I couldn't get it out of my head that this not world... a, not like an ashy tunic. It's like no. hip clothes from the nineties. <laughs> Uh, yeah i don't i can't imagine you're the first one to have this experience but i think when i read it it took me like two seconds to be like this is a different thing but that's good i couldn't get over it but i did i mean eventually but it took me a while all right so the final empire we learn more about the structure it's a theocracy you got the lord ruler who's in charge of everything who's been in charge of the empire for a thousand years uh who resides in the capital of luthadel where also the great houses live they have these huge cathedral like keeps um, it's cool it is cool i always feel like it feels like gothic paris like everything's sort yeah. of like covered in ash yeah, that's and there's exactly like how the I stained glass and and then we have the obligators like we talked about in the prologue and they're sort of like the priest monk government people who are in charge of everything and then we got the steel inquisitors of which we mean meet one later um, and this, so, Luthadel, I was definitely, just giving my thoughts, I have no real note here, but for whatever reason, I was, like, absolutely sure the whole book was going to take place here. Hmm. And I thought, is this not where the, is this, this is where the Lord Ruler is, right? Yes. Okay, okay, right, that, the, that's His, his palace is, like, the big one, it's called Credic Shaw, and it has, Did like... Did they say that in this? Did I, I did think I it does. That? I think he, like... I think Kelsier like jumps around near it or by it or something. Oh yeah, I kind of yeah. With the when he's doing his action scene. Yeah, it has like a thousand spires or something, so it's super oh, obvious. That's badass. It's pretty cool. Um, well, we can talk about the Seal Inquisitor now because there's because Vin, oh, yeah. Vin and Cayman go to the Ministry of Finance building to try to scam some noblemen because of boat and shipment and you know, who cares yeah whatever uh, but <laughs> i think it ends up being important <laughs> but who cares um vin uses her luck on the extremely high-ranking obligator um and they make the deal and they leave but it turns out that the obligator is on to them and a steel inquisitor appears i know when i first read this i thought the steel inquisitor was so cool and i looked up a picture and i'm like damn that's exactly how i imagined it and it's cool yeah they are very cool i think that i think shit like that works really well and uh his sanderson's prose is really simple um which normally i appreciate but i kind of wish it was more complicated here uh but i think it really works when it's so simple and then describes something horrifying like that i think that's pretty cool i think that's a really effective use of the way that he writes uh and it was really effective because i really thought some shit was going to go down i was a little disappointed uh virtually no shit went down uh yep. about the steel inquisitor but i you know you gotta you can't you gotta wait for that i understand yeah, this is like, the, yeah, this is like the first fourth of yeah. the book yeah so vin and cayman go back and then kelsier comes back and saves vin when cayman starts beating her up then cayman gets like demoted and Kelsier takes over, and that's when they start. That's when all the stuff starts happening. They get the crew in there. Yeah. They start talking about plans. Uh, we learn a little bit more about Vin, where we find that Vin's mother tried to kill her, and Reen saved yep. her, and then that's how 
they were <laughs> alone by themselves trying to survive. This all right. This is a perfect time for me to go on my Vin uh, rant. All right, hit me the the Vin the Vin rant. Go. Okay. Okay. So first of all, she's the dumbest person in the world because she's like. She, she's asked how come she's magic Kelsey is like okay who are your parents because the only people who are magic are part of the nobility and she's like well my mom was a whore and they're like okay what about your dad and she's like well he was a high priest of the I was like why did you fucking start with that like obviously you're gonna be magic if you came from the how the ma- and even later she's like oh why am I magic my mother was just a whore like Shut the you know that your <laughs> she dad knows, yeah. was the I don't understand why she keeps saying that. Also, I have a I have a general problem with uh her not her as a character, but the way Brandon Sanderson has written uh like the reason Vin is like or she's like dealing with beatings and assault. I just hate that stuff. I feel like there's a more interesting way we can make her a defenseless character than like she's uh, another victim of violence. Yeah. Um, I just think that's boring, and I think it's uh, belittling to her because it's not important to her character. It's just to make her sad so that she can be magic. Yeah. Um, that doesn't work for me at all. Uh, and also, she <laughs> there's like just going back a little bit when um, Cayman and the Obligator are having a conversation. The only reason Vin is in that room is so that. Uh, the author can tell the audience what's happening in the conversation he is also writing. So the characters <laughs> will say something, and then I'll be like, oh, that's an interesting. And then Vin, in her thoughts, will just say the subtext. Yes. Just in case yep. you're a fucking idiot and you didn't know how to read and you didn't know how to use context clues, you don't have to because uh, the characters do it for you. It is very like, oh God, you know. Yeah, I think that is. I think that's a big part of this. The first part, I think, partially this book as a whole, but definitely the first part of this is. I think there's so much stuff like to come and things that happen, but you know, maybe not that much. That I think, you know, in Sanderson's mind, it was extremely complicated, so it was very important to just hammer home like mm. what the baseline is. And I think sometimes it comes across as like condescending almost. Yeah, that that is what it felt like. But it's interesting cuz that that does stop happening. Like that doesn't happen in the towards the end of the chapter when I started when they leave Luthadel, man, I was getting into it. Uh, yeah, but but in the because that stops happening and characters just have interesting conversations with each other. Um, I don't think they're particularly good characters, and that's something that I have learned is like a thing. It's like people have with Brandon Sanderson. They're like the characters are eh, whatever. It's not really <laughs> what we're here for. Which true, I am much more interested. This is a, I mean, it. I feel like it wants to be character driven, but this is a plot driven story. I want yes. to see the heist unfold. Like I do not care about these people, and I think for and I think for me too. I think a lot of people read Brandon Sanderson because like the characters are fine; they have yeah. the emotional journey that they need to have, and you're like, oh, that's nice. But you're here for like the crazy magic lore, extended yeah. universe, crazy plot stuff. And that stuff's great. But that's tough for me because I didn't know any of that. And so uh-huh. for me, I'm just like, what the fuck? I mean, dude, well, when we start talking about Alamancy, I got some, I got another rant coming up <laughs> here, man. But uh, 
the Vin stuff really put a another. There's just like a couple things in the first hundred pages because the last like seventy to the end of part two, I was really kind of rocking with. But that the hundred and twenty or so pages, man, it I it, it felt like we kept starting and then somebody would pull the rug right out from yeah. under me. It felt like that kept happening. And I think that's part of potentially part of the drawbacks of reading it how like we're reading it. Like I think you're really supposed to just plow through the first 150 pages as fast yeah. as possible so you can get to all the other stuff, you know. And the, I think the fact that we're sitting here analyzing all the little things like it doesn't do him any favors. Yeah, but the, you know it's it's important. It is a book. Yeah, you're it is like the, the beginning, <laughs> the beginning of the book, and like it clearly like someone who like hopefully you end up enjoying it like if someone starts this book and doesn't know certain things going in or doesn't have certain expectations like this is going to leave a bad taste in the mouth yeah like if we were not if we did not do this podcast i would not have kept reading and the only reason i did is i think because i went through the first part of the book so quickly like i'm like i get yeah. it i get it i get it okay like more it gets just because more complicated and interesting when when they went into their second thief meeting, that's when I turned on the audiobook and was like, I'm pretty sure I can just tune this out and then tune back in when interesting shit's going. It's like, seriously, it's like watching old professional wrestling. You just like fast forward through a bunch of this sh- garbage shit, tax collectors, wrestling fucking plumbers, and you're like, I want to see the cool stuff. Yeah, you I know. totally forgot the same there thing. were two. And I think, again, like yeah. something that Brandison Sanderson has said, he's like, he's like... If I could have rewritten it, there would have been one thief meeting. <laughs> <laughs> there's no reason why there's two. There's seriously not. But you get to learn more about them. Um, yeah, but they suck. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. sorry. What's next? <laughs> I don't remember what next was. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Vin saves her, and we learned that Vin is a misborn. That's the title of the book. That was pretty cool. I do. I like that. Uh, there's different. I enjoy the explanation. I, and I wish it stopped there. That there's, there's the mistings, and they can use one magic, and then the mistborn can use all of them. I like that. Yep. I think that's cool as hell. It is very, and especially I think one of the big jobs of this first section is like beating you overhead with how allomancy works. And I also think you know part of it too could be that. I don't know, like, what the history of hard magic systems like this is. I have a sense that, like, Sanderson was one of the first to really make it super popular. Like, here's something that's unlike anything you've ever read from the ground up and is super specific and is important that you grab all the elements so you can do dramatic things with them later. Like, I ran out of metals. What am I going to do? I only have this metal. How am I going to get out of the situation? And, like, I think with other things like i guess he he can be forgiven for beating you over the head with it (laughs) or his editor telling you telling him that he has to beat everyone over the head with it and and i do think that's a good that's a good point that i didn't really think about it it is gonna set us up for dramatic situations later but just for this bit fucking socks man i (laughs) it's it's just because it's it's this whole first section needs to set everything up so that interesting and cool stuff can happen later. But it just so happens that, like, after the thief meeting, we then have the meeting where they talk about magic, and then they have another meeting. I was like, <laughs> oh my god. Everyone has to be on the same page. I do... Th- I-, I think that Allomancy as an idea is pretty cool. I like the idea of 
drinking a drinking a bunch of metal <laughs> uh, and you get magic based off the different metal I'm not entirely sure I needed to know that the uh, pewter you use needs to be 91% pewter <laughs> and 9% whatever I don't really don't think we need to and know I think any of the that. explanation for that is like oh why can't you just grab whatever metals nearby like break it off yeah. of like a lamppost and like eat it yeah, do they have to That's be like true. special and metals? And they do say you can't. The whole whole time I was thinking about like, why can't they just rip the metals out of each other? And then there's a sentence where they're like, "This is why." I was like, "Oh, yes. okay, good. Yep. That's yep. good. That's good." Because you have iron in your blood, so just rip that out. Another thing too is like this sets up your understanding of alamancy for like not this trilogy, but the next trilogy, and then the forthcoming trilogy after that. So yeah. like there is that part of it as well do you want to do your alamancy rant now since we're talking about alamancy oh that was mostly it uh the the i don't need to know that that many specifics i under we need to learn how it works obviously if it's going to be important but it really they really talk for a long time and i feel like like i I really feel like i could have read this whole book without the word steel push being in it once (laughs) and it would be the same thing because they 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 really and just the way he talks about it is so confusing like the the metal that is used to make somebody not trust you is called pull wouldn't or like that that it's like a pull it's like i don't know tin pull or whatever mm-hmm. wouldn't you think that pulling would make somebody trust you like you're bringing them into your embrace well i think it's well i think i i have interpreted it as like your like flaring someone's emotions and you're soothing someone's emotions, you know. Mm-hmm. So like sort of whatever their bait, whatever they're sort of feeling, like you can make them really feel that, or you can like calm them down from feeling oh, it, rather okay. than like All any right. specific, right. specific emotion. Like if they're already kind of not trusting you, and like you you pull on that, they're gonna like really distrust you. But like yeah. if they're kind of not trusting you and you soothe them. They're gonna like, oh, maybe it's maybe I'm not distrusting them that much, you know. That's how I. Yeah, I like that. All right, okay, all right, I'm okay with that. So at the second thief meeting, we learn about the exact details of the plot to overthrow the first empire, which is Kelsier's big plan, and it's a hard sell, but yeah, he does it. And and this is also where we meet the crew. Yeah, and we meet the crew. So like, what was your Experience, like when you say he's like, we're gonna bring this all down. <laughs> like, what what did you think of that? Um, well, here's a thing. Uh, that's not uh, what a thief would do. So I think that's that that's insane. I do agree with all of the characters in thinking that's insane, and and I also think his plan is to steal the valuable metal that the Lord Ruler uses. So that they can be rich, right? Because that yes. lo- he sells it to people for an extraordinary amount of money. He sells it to the nobles. If you destroy the empire, there are no more nobles. Who do you sell the metal to, and why would anybody buy it? Uh, so, so, I mean, here's the thing. 
we don't know what Adium does yet. Yeah, but he says that he's, they sell it. Like, they're like, it's really valuable, but it's only valuable because of the, they, it's like the, if you stole a bunch, like the U.S. Treasury Department and then killed the president. Like, Well, what? I mean, so I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out. Well, right. well, I just I thought that was a dumb. I thought I was like, "What the hell is this guy talking about?" I'll, I'll say two things. One, we will learn more about Adium. Two, I I think you're right to have questions about the details of the plan. It's just nobody questioned that part of it, which I was like, "When is somebody going to say why the hell?" And it's also like only a metal that he can use, right? I assume because he's Mistborn. If or maybe it's not. Who knows? Oh, maybe we'll find out. I want to know what uh, they also talk. Okay, so hang on. I got to talk about this crew here for a minute because you gave me explicit instructions when the crew pops up. You're like, try and remember anything about any of them. Yeah, I try to remember <laughs> one thing about each of them so you have something to tie their names to. Because the first time I went through this series, I was sort of like skimmed. I'm like, oh, eventually I'll be able to learn who they are. I did not. And yeah. things happened, and I'm like, who is that? Which one? Was that the old cranky one or, like, the suave one? And I could not the, remember. Yeah, the, swa- the suave cool one is Breeze. Yep. The cranky one is Clubs. Or, or is Clubs the thug? Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> right, I, I, right, I right. But anyway, anyway, Doxon and Kelsier are tight. Kelsier is misborn. Doxon is... His best friend. Right, who isn't magic at all, right or no? I thought he was a misting. Hold on, I've got the wiki pulled up. Oh no, he no, he's the only non-Almancer part of the crew. Yes. Okay. okay nice. Great. Nice. Okay. Nice. Nice. And then there's a seeker. No, that's Breeze is the seeker. No, he's the smoker. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. No, no, Breeze is the soother. He's the <laughs> he's the emotional one. He does the emotions. <laughs> Wait, then who's the smoker? Um. Is that Clubs? Because he is that his name? He leaves and he's like, "Fuck this!" Yeah, and then he comes the back. Old, he's the he's the old crabby one. I think that's and the he essence. has all the he has all the servants, right? It's, it's like his his area they hang out in because all the servants are magic too, and it kind of creates like a, null, a nullifying force field. Yes. Yep. He's a smoker. Okay, and then there's who's the thug? Um, <laughs> I don't remember his name. Oh, it's Ham. Ham, there we go. Yep, and he's like kind of philosophical. That's like his other. Yeah, I like trait. him. Yeah, he's my favorite one. I can't stand any of the rest of them, uh, except for Dachshunds. All right, I only like Breeze because he's the only one I can differentiate. <laughs> yeah, because he like the way his dialogue is written, it's immediately obvious who is speaking because he's a fucking he's like a posh asshole. Yeah, they don't. I do wish. Uh, that they they weren't such. There's they're not. I'll say I wish they weren't all men. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that right away. I think Sanderson has also said that too. I seem to recall yeah. an interview. White men until we meet. Oh, there's one maybe person of color. Obviously, I think these characters can be whatever color they. Uh, person who makes a visual representation wants them to be mm-hmm. but w- they're all named like regular fantasy names and then one of them is named Sazed and I'll you know I just it's obvious to me that he is not a white man yes um, in the way he is described as speaking uh you know this is he's described as speaking as melodic and I was like oh how the fuck is the audiobook guy going to do this and by god 
Really? It's melodic. Yeah, he fucking knocked it out of the park. I thought it was awesome. Damn. Okay, I'll have He's to listen to He's my favorite character so far, even though I have problems with him. Um, but... Okay, well, so the, the plan... This is the plan. The plan is to... Oh, there's also the guy... The, there's also Yedin, who is... Or Yedin? Yedan? That's how I was saying it. Oh, really? Oh, God. But I don't know. Yedin. We'll just call him Yedin. Yedin. And he is the leader of the, the Ska Rebellion. And they have caves. And he's also there. He's hired Kelsier and the crew to help him overthrow the Empire. And so the plan is to raise an army, train them in the caves distract the Luthadel garrison to go somewhere else, then create a house war among the houses so there's chaos in the streets, and then the Ska army that trained in the caves is going to come in, take over the city, and be able to defend it. And then Kelsier is going to go in and do a hit on the Lord Ruler. And that's the plan. Yeah. And he's gonna he has a little vial with a special medal in it called the 11th Medal, and that's what's going to kill him. Oh, is that... Oh, oh, he has it. Yeah. He does have it. Okay. And I think he does it. He got it somewhere, and I don't think he even knows what it does, but he knows it's, like, the, his weakness. All right. I can't imagine that's going to go well for him when he uh, decides to use it. Yeah, it turns out uh, that's a bomb. <laughs> it's COVID. <laughs> this is Dude, distilled COVID. It's COVID. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I thought that, I mean, you know, as far as terrible plans go, it's not the war. I mean... The pieces add up to something that makes sense. It's just that the pieces are insane. Yeah, and it's and it's clever, and it's sort of you know, there's a lot of dialogue for them to like Oof. get to the plan. Like, oh, what yeah. about this? Oh no, not that because of this. What about this? And we're like, okay. Yeah, there really <laughs> is. Everyone has, been... it has to be naturalistic, you know. And of course, it's uh, the little girl who knows nothing about anything is the one who comes up with the perfect idea. Like, yep. I was just like, yep. yeah, okay, whatever. I was just, what, it's pointless to complain about stuff like that. But, I mean, it's a, I like that idea. I want to cool know plan. more. I feel like Kelsier's character goes back and forth about whether or not he's, like, scared of the pits. I feel like when she brings up the pits, he'd freak the fuck out. But he's like, no, it's a good idea. <laughs> I feel like I would freak out well it's him well because he so yeah that's where he went yeah he was like trapped there and worked there that's where the lord ruler mines the adium his 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 uh his wife or girlfriend or muse his was wife, killed yeah. there or something yep and i think it's hinted at i think we find out it hints that his wife mare betrayed him or betrayed yeah, them and, or something and that and that she was into the rebellion right and yes. Kelsier's in it for the cashola. I think so. Which I would never join a rebellion for the money. That's not something I would. <laughs> for the money from the horribly repre- repressed peasant class. <laughs> yeah. I do think that's a cool. Nobody has brought that up yet. I understand they're thieves, but that I would probably. Uh, my goal would be to redistribute the wealth. I really hope that Kelsier turns out to be the bad guy. I'm gonna. I. Mm. I'm going to be really upset if he's just kind of like a an asshole the whole time and that's kind of it. I really hope that I, – I, I hope that he does not – like my hope for his character arc is that he does not learn and become a better person. I want him to double down okay. and go okay. for business for himself. I think that would be really awesome because we already have another Mistborn, so just she'll be the good version of him. Uh, but we'll see, because uh, Vin has her own suite of interesting issues. I would not, if I'm uh, God, <laughs> I'm not given this 
little girl these magical powers. No <laughs> way, not in a million years is that happening. So, well, I mean, part of the interesting thing too is I like that it addresses the sort of the class difference that would happen if like certain people genetically get the super powerful magic powers and certain people don't and like yeah, what are cool. the effects of that in a particular society, you know? Where yeah, like all like the no- the nobles are nobles because they were they have the powers. That's cool. I'm excited to learn more about the the magic and the Mistborn. I want to meet more of them because there are apparently a, a lot, but they're like sort of a secret. There's there. I mean, this book's got fucking sects of people on top of sects of people. There's the nobles, and within the nobles, there's different kinds of houses, and the greater houses have like these crazy metal magic assassins, which I think is cool. I'm excited to meet another one. Yeah, that's not one of these two people I hate. So that'll be that'll be cool. And then we move on to the part where Kelsier uh, does a heist of Keep Venture to steal some Adium. Yeah. And for me, I think, again, this is like a showcase of the Allomancy. And I, what I really like about this part is the way that you learn about all this stuff from someone who doesn't know about it, like the whole fish out of water thing with Vin. And then you see sort of how the this part of the world has oriented itself to all this stuff like i think the stuff about like the everyone has glass daggers because why would anyone have metal daggers and like there's specific warriors who don't wear any metal on them to specifically deal with mistborn i think that's really cool i do but i i kind of i kind of i tuned out a little bit when it's just he's doing flips and like (laughs) i get it you know stabbing people and yeah it's, I mean, it's it's cool, you know. I mean, Brandon Sanderson should make a video game. Like that's that really seems like what he wants to do is make a <laughs> cool video game. Um, but why write books, man? Just make a video I know. game. I like the coin. I like that. That's the only part of Alamancy I really think we needed to learn is the coin or the the you know. If there's a coin on the ground, you can do like a Mario duh, double jump yeah. off of it because of you know you push it into the ground and then it pushes you up. That's cool. Yep. Because uh, it meets a resisting force, um, so that just gives. That's just how they can fly. <laughs> like, yes. and I think that's 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 that works, and that's fine. Um, and I also think it's 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 really cool. Uh, but that's you know, I don't think we need a ton of magic information. And this this section, the heist, doesn't have any. It's a good opportunity for him to just sort of, you know, flex on the reader. That's like, yeah, you got this fucking idiot girl she can't even stand up but look at me dude i'm sick i'm doing backflips i'm, I'm slitting <laughs> dude's throats i think that's that's pretty cool and i know and then we also learn about like the whole pulling and pushing thing and like yeah. the blue lines going to everything i personally i don't that doesn't work for me at all no <laughs> i think me it's neither. like it's, too, it's like weird and cartoony and i sort of understand like okay if you can sense i guess you could have gone with oh you just sense all the metal around you and you know what's close and then you can sort of sense it. But I guess it's 
it's a visual i don't know yeah but it's a you know it is a book it doesn't i don't i don't yeah. need to know that the lines are thin and blue and i can't see them and they go everywhere and they're the only and the person doing it is the only one who can see it but you can also yeah. feel them so and this also gets literally brought up twice the blue lines are explained here and then when vin activates it she's like what are these blue lines and then kelsey <laughs> explains it again <laughs> oh my god <laughs> It's again, if there was one big Alamancy scene and there was one meeting, like you could knock yeah. 50 pages this 15, off of this. This would be 15 pages long. Yeah. This whole section. But he steals Atium, right? From yep. this guy. Oh, do they say do they say Atium in the audiobook? Oh, yeah, that, is what I, that is what the audiobook says. Okay, I'll say Atium. Uh, but he... Uh, I, I, this is where I thought the Inquisitor was going to come back. Like, he, he barely gets the the metal and then it's like oh shit he has to run because they're big bad guys here i thought that would have been cool but didn't happen but that's not any fault of the book that's just because i thought it was going to happen and it didn't well and something i thought about this is a little i don't know if this is a plot hole but like you know the the safe is metal right so <laughs> yes a terrible could you just, idea could you open it with your metal powers you don't have to carry it with you. you know? No, like, you really they take, don't. Took like two seconds. Just blast a coin through there. Open it. Get the ad, the adium. Couldn't <laughs> couldn't anywhere in the city you could just lift up your hand and it would fly into like I just don't yeah. I don't understand. But <laughs> what well, distance is like from from a certain distance? It doesn't oh, work. That's true. They do fade. And that's what away the lines after. are about. That they fade yeah. away. So it's like a certain yeah. level. And I don't know if there's like a Cosmere specific reason for the blue lines because the the whole thing about like the cosmere magic is that like it's all interconnected based on sort of the same kind of like powers or like physical laws or like there's certain laws and how they work and it's sort of the same throughout magic systems and the different planets cool which is pretty cool but i don't know maybe blue lines have something to do with that or just, they just don't. I don't know. They're just blue lines. They need to, you know, it's like uh, having, you know, detective vision in a video game. Just so you can see all the interactable objects around you. I think he knew he was going to make a movie from it. I That's what I'm saying, man. I really think that this would be a better movie. Because he does a lot of telling and not showing. Yeah. And I think that you're not, a producer's not going to let him get away with that in a movie. And we'll see a lot. There, listen, man, I'm telling you. There's no two thief scenes in a theatrical release. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's probably barely one. They just they're, kind yeah, of explain not, the plan. They're not showing over. up to set doing the second one. Be like, maybe we should have put these into one. Like they they yeah. come they combine them earlier on in the process. Yeah. <laughs> Some guy in a suit is like, I'm not paying for two thief scenes. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino shows up. Executive producer. They lied to him. They said there's one thief scene. He gets it said. He's like, there's two. Thief scene? Oh, you think Quinn Tarantino doing Mistborn? Yeah, that'd <laughs> the be awesome. says the N word. <laughs> yeah, and I think it, I think we see it was shot of Vin's feet pans up to her face. <laughs> oh, maybe one day. Maybe um, <laughs> for good boys. Maybe one day. So we also learned during the planning about more stuff about the Lord Ruler that he saved the world from the deepness a thousand years ago. Yeah, and that a imposter named Lord Renew or Renault is on their side and will help sort of disguise their plans in the noble men area. Import- importantly, though, not the not not vanilla uh, regular Lord Renew. He is 
some kind of horrible uh, creation, or that's at least what it's alluded to, because we don't, the reader doesn't find out. Right. And Yedin, Yedan, whatever, he's like, wait, why is there a guy and he's with us? And Breeze is like, you don't, don't, you don't want to know at all. If you don't like the fact that we're killing people. Also, <laughs> that, the rebel, he's like, um, can we please not kill anybody? I was like, what the fuck? I was like, you're a, ter- you're actually a terrorist. Like, what do you mean? You're not cool with killing people? Well, and doesn't Kelsey at some point tell him, like, this is why the rebellion has never been successful? <laughs> Because you guys just won't do anything. Is that true? I must have missed that. I think he at some point says, I don't think it's it's because of that. But he's like, this is why, he said something along the lines of, this is why the rebellion never did anything. Oh, I love that. He's right. Oh, also, this is, uh, we may have missed this, but uh, Kelsier's a brother. Yeah, I was going to bring that up next. His name's Marsh. He, I like him too, because he also doesn't like Kelsier. We're in the same boat, baby. Me and Marsh have a lot in common. Uh, I don't trust him. Uh, I trust Marsh, but so is he? Does he decide to join the plan? I think he does. Did I yeah. miss that? He, but reluctantly so though, because it right. seems like Kelsier's really in it this time. But yeah, you know, well, and knows? I think they worked. They worked together before, and then yeah. Kelsier's all like, "Ah, he he'll say no, but he'll eventually come around," and that's exactly yeah. what happens. Um, and then we have we already talked about this, the second Alamancy scene. <laughs> That's the yeah, full-on training scene where we learn about all the little details of Alamancy. And we really do. We don't I have to explain it because you can just read those pages and you'll yeah, get it. Yeah, really. I, I, I didn't think that we were really going to do all the medals. It's the I, tutorial. I just kind of, you got it's the yeah, tutorial it's, section before the book starts. Right, but yeah, but it, yeah, exactly. It's not that I'm not the magic one. I don't need to learn that the... I don't know. It was just really made me laugh. I was like, do you expect me to be able to do this now? Like, after reading it? I don't know. I was, uh, it just was <laughs> so long and boring. And they're just like... God, she just asked the dumbest fucking question. She's never once... like. Uh, I really feel like she's never amazed that she's magical. <laughs> she's like, someone's going to betray me. <laughs> yeah, she's more focused on... The, this is around the time where the three... The, it's mentioned three times on the same page that she's worried about being betrayed. She's like, dude, there's way cooler stuff going on. You're about to assassinate the emperor. Like that's that's pretty cool, man. But you're too busy. Like, oh my god. Well, the, it's like you have no more secrets to show me because you showed me all your magic. And it's like, shut the, f- shut up. The, yes, he, of course he has more secrets. Look at him. <laughs> like he hasn't told you everything. Why are you assuming that he has? That's just a great. You're so used to being betrayed. How do you not see that he's holding stuff from you? I just don't get it. Or why would you like? I don't know. Care, like what? Yeah. Like for I guess for her, it's like there's no, there's even yeah. I don't know. I agree. It's very weird. <laughs> if she's that worried about being betrayed, she should leave. The fact that she stays and the reason that she gives is fucking insane. Like that is. She's like, I just want to see what happens. Like you're gonna get betrayed. What do you mean you're gonna get betrayed? <laughs> I That's think what's it, gonna happen. I think it is like a. Uh, it's because you can see what he's going for with Vin in this beginning thing. Like, someone who's, like, really, really down. Like, even among the ska, like, really... Yeah. The mind is so <laughs> yeah. just, like, like broken, almost. And again, to an all, like an almost comical extent, I think, only because the same things are repeated so often. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's probably another version of this where it's more subtle and like her interior is more 
believable other than that like well if my if my brother betrayed me and my mom tried to kill me well i probably wouldn't trust anyone and that's my characteristic yeah she says it a million fucking times just in case you didn't get the point there's no reason to me at least yet that the book should not have began with reen betraying her Mm. and so we get to see what was and what is and we try to like find some you know i don't mean to hero's journey this but we did we develop a new person like the two halves come together and create the hero but we don't have that first half because it's happened off the page and um i'm sure it's important for the overall story but for the for reading it it really makes her half a character because yeah. we don't see the... It wouldn't be so funny that she mentions being betrayed so many times if we knew why already. We would be we would care for her. Because right. right now I think she's annoying as hell because she brings it up all the time. And I think it tries to do that. I think I wonder if part of it, why it you know, belabors the point so much, is that it tries to do all the work that it couldn't do because we... like. Because of where we met her, you know, like talking about yeah. the two halves, like I think it's sort of trying to do it both at once, to like to, sh- yeah. to show her how she was in the current area. Either maybe it's because I read it so fast the first time. I'll be interested to see how my feelings about Vin change or if they're the same. Yeah. What did you? Were you uh, the first time you read it? Were you happy with her character? I think she's fine. Okay. Do you th- do you feel that way about all of the characters? <laughs> I uh, more more or less. It's also for me again. I think yeah. the star of the show is like the sum total of everything, and yeah. so like part of the thing is like any one thing doesn't particularly merit or stand up to super deep analysis. But like it's the 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 full picture. Yeah, for sure. That I mean that makes sense, and that you know. That's okay. It's just I really feel like it. The book wants to be a character drama, and it just he is not at this point. I feel a good enough writer to write a compelling character drama. Cause boy, can he write the shit out of a fucking action scene? I I don't. I, but the, but then I don't really care about the action scene because I don't care about the characters in it. So it's like a right, tough, right, right, right. It's right. a tough, tough thing. I'm excited for the for the big like sort of tent pole confrontations that this part is setting up you know the heist the mm-hmm. inevitable implosion of this thief crew which i mean hey i that's gotta be coming at some point yeah everybody's tensions are high man so yeah i'm excited for that stuff but these sort of walk and talks except for one which we'll talk about we're pretty much there um i wasn't a fan of after that they go to the villa in Felice where Lord Renu lives and Vin is very impressed by how clean it is and there are still ska workers at the villa even though it's the rebel villa which I think again is trying to be morally gray but is sort of like what are the actual implications of all this 
and we don't see it's not like there's like oh here's the point of view of the ska person working at the they're also described as being happy there which i was like oh boy i don't like this well and that's part of it too is you don't get the the point of view of like a normal ska person yeah so you only like see it all from the outside which makes sense because like yeah they're not going to do anything because they're ska and they're horribly you know repressed and downtrodden but also then you don't get the other side of it like well how do they feel about all this you know they yeah. are in a lot of sense you know like almost like props <laughs> Yeah, they know they are, and I mean, literally, it's it's fantasy world needs, you know, in Sanderson's eye, vision, the fantasy world needs slaves, so we'll just, you know, we'll make it real black and white and make uh, all the good guys part of the slave class, but then it's like, okay, but what, what about when the good guys want to hang out with each other? Well, then the slaves will just be happy there. And it's like, <laughs> no, that's not the answer. They think the answer is to make... I don't know to just do anything other than that. Like that's such a crazy thing to me. Like yeah. I could not believe that that is what was happening. And also, this villa is described as the uh, cedars trees uh, don't aren't affected by the ash. The bark aren't, isn't affected by the ash. And this is a, just a nitpicky thing, but like, what a convenient way to not make every part of your book covered in ash. You're just like this part uh, is not affected by it. You're like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. Is it not affected, or do they just like clean it? The tree, the well. Either way, it just really made. I was like, "That's funny." It just like <laughs> fuck it. Like no, sometimes it's not covered in well, ash. I, think and, I always find with Sanderson things sometimes like he makes it so complicated, but then like there is like the sort of obvious thing that will like kind of make it all unravel, and there's just a line of like no. <laughs> <There's work. laughs> like the well, what about pulling metals on people's bodies? Oh, once it's your body, it can't you can't be touched. <laughs> Yeah, just because yeah. as soon as you think about that, it all falls apart. Yeah, which you know is cool though. They they bring that up. They're like, yo, she has an earring that she could like fucking take out, and throw it through somebody's eyeball. Yeah. It's fucking badass. That's super cool. But thank God somebody can't rip her head off because she has earrings in her ears. That'd be messed <laughs> up. Yeah, that'd be a funny end of this book though. They just get to the final confrontation and it, they just explode their bodies because they never covered it. You know what? I know we were talking about the ska. And I was also thinking about, like, you know, I think part of what is happening is to, like, what if, like, a class of people really had been brutally oppressed constantly, consistently for a thousand years? Like, that would sort of result in this sort of thing. And I think, I don't want this to get to be spoily. I think there's a, oh. I think there's a fantasy explanation later on for why the ska are like this they've been like magically tricked or like magically oppressed (laughs) i i think so and i think that i think not that i want to spoil anything i think that's true i should i should look that up that's well that's you know i don't think that's great either but i mean that's better than just the slaves are happy here right and again, I think that's where it comes off as like, oh, is this like, is this author trying to be morally gray or is just like morally ignorant about the implications of this? Yeah. What's that called? It's called a Har- Harlow's Harkham. It's not Occam's. It's Harlow's oh, it Razor thing? or whatever. Oh, I yeah. Know. It's it's like writing a, uh, uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to look it up. 
I think that's a tricky thing to do in fantasy. Like you're trying to be immersive, but you're also trying to like flag that, oh, that it may not be what it seems. And so it is tricky. Hanlon's razor. Never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. Right. <laughs> or by uh, fantasy point of view. Yes, no fantasy point of view for the ska. Which is, if I'm writing the book, the main character is a, a ska worker, you know, like is a sleigh. It's not a thief. It's one of these people. It's just weird to me that that's not what's going on. And this is also where we meet Sezed, Sezed. Yep, Sezed. And he is a terraceman, and he has a long old earlobes. Yes, he does. He's got big earlobes, and he can't, he, he is uh, uncomfortably, I think, for now, still, without the context of the rest of the book, excited to be a servant to <laughs> uh, white characters. Maybe not explicitly white characters, but certainly they're not described as being any other skin color, and their names are pretty generic fantasy names and says it is the only one who's whose accent is described so i don't think it's crazy for me to assume that says it is not white yeah i think you're right on that and i think that's weird and i also uh, i googled that um turns out uh, nobody is posting on reddit about that stuff they just love really? says it and i was like what the f-? like how did that not strike anybody as weird that he loves being a servant like his race of people love being servants well i think this is another thing too i just googled a quick thing about the ska and all that stuff where i think this is the society the lord ruler has created through sheer force of will and pain and torture i think that's part of it too where like he's made all the terracemen be servants or else if you're not servanty enough i'm gonna kill you and i think that's mm. part of it too like the scars like if you're not subservient i'm gonna kill you yeah yeah and and you know i'm not saying that you know if it seems like sazed is uh uh a, a not under the thumb of the lord ruler anymore mm-hmm. and is like part of the rebellion and if he f- and if he as a person finds joy in serving other people then that's awesome it's just the book really makes it seem like his race of uh people his fantasy race of people i don't know if he's a different fantasy race but yeah i think yeah uh, he is he is oh he is okay uh he's you know that fantasy race of people are is like a servant another servant class is was just just weird to me man i don't i just you know I wouldn't have done that, but... I mean, I will say, just keep reading. Yeah, which, you know, I'm excited about. I'm excited to learn... This is the part of the book where I was into it, because characters stop talking to the reader like uh, I'm a fucking idiot and just start to have... (laughs) In fact, the characters are about to have a conversation where Vin is going to ruin it with her thoughts, and they just don't let her into the room. I was like, yes! (laughs) Thank God, I don't even want to hear it. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I'd be super interested to hear your thoughts after we read the next section. Yeah, me too. And that's the whole prologue in part one of the book. Do you have any other things you want to say? I feel like we've sort of touched on all my notes that I've had. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about everything. I have a ton, I have a million little nitpick notes, but none of that is, that's just really just for me. Like, 
the word smidgen is in this book a couple times, which made me giggle. <laughs> and uh, people are always whipping things out. That's something I've noticed. <laughs> it, it's always like wh- he whipped his sword out. He whipped the pouch out. I'm just waiting for the one time somebody somebody whips their you know oh, something yeah. else out. Uh, somebody. Oh, here's the thing. Uh, nobody uh, has any feeling uh, romantic. Nobody is a, a human being in this book. Nobody loves. Mm. Uh, nobody feels anything. At least so far. You know, I, I feel like I feel like Kelsier loves his brother. That's true. I guess they just had a very confrontational. Yeah, that's true. Conversation, but no, no love because you know, Danilo, when you love somebody, uh, they can and will <laughs> betray you. So you can't love. Uh, oh, can I? I want to say this. Uh, I said before that I want Kelsier to be the bad guy. I'd also be okay with Vin becoming the bad guy. Okay, or like a bad person. All right. I think she. I think that her life might lead her to use her magic in a not join the Lord Ruler, but like do a big genocide and think it's like good, mm. but maybe it wasn't a super awesome in retrospect kind of genocide. You know, like one of yeah, those classic one of the, genocides. One of those classic. <laughs> it didn't look really good in retrospect genocides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get it. We all get it. <laughs> any other? Do you have any other predictions? Oh, um, I think. Somebody, I think one of these, a named character will die before the end of the first book. Okay. Maybe not. I don't know. If, I don't think one of the crew, but I mean like a Lord Renew or like a Ulef, like one of these thieves. Somebody's going to die. Ulef? Uh, no, Ulef <laughs> is the Ulef. only person. It, Ulef is the only person that Vin is friends with. And guess what Ulef does? Betrays oh, he's the funny him. accent. Oh, no, that's yes. that guy. Yeah, he Spook betrays has him. the funny accent. Who? There's a guy named Spook. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a Clubs is um. Oh Don't look right. anything up about it. He's Clubs is like nephew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who was right. like a crush on Finn. Yeah, he's a he was a weird guy. I didn't know what's going on with him. I'm excited to learn. Sanderson. Oh, I guess uh, full disclosure for listeners. I have read The Way of Kings. That's the only uh, other Brando Sando thing I've. Uh, experience and he loves a, a a weirdo with a silly accent boy i tell you what <laughs> oh yes he does well great i'm i am looking forward to when i started this i could not believe we were reading the full book and then when uh we got to the end of part one i was actually kind of upset i had to stop reading it definitely hits its stride and especially in the other books once stuff gets yeah. moving and I know it sounds like I, I hate it. I definitely don't think this is a bad book by any stretch of the imagination. I just maybe don't think it's for me, which is fine. But, but you know, I think it might be getting to be for me. Well, so we'll and, see. I, and I'll say I like this book. I really liked it the first time I read it and rereading it. I also like it, but I also like, especially the part we just read is very like, okay, we get it. Yeah. Can we move on to the other stuff. It's really Vindicating, Vin. What Ayo. if that's her real name? Her name is Vindicating. That'd be awesome. <laughs> her name is Vindication? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. First name Vin, last name Dication. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to see why people love it. Because even though I'm starting to enjoy it, I see no way I'm going to be loving this by the end. Uh, but we'll see. So I'm excited... If I wonder if this book will convert me into the uh, uh, Sanderson uh, pipeline. Cool. Next time we'll be reading part two and part three. 
of Mistborn the Final Empire. And I don't know about you, but I'll be guzzling down some metals just to see if maybe... Yeah, just I'll, to see uh, if it works. I'm Mistborn. Well, I've been eating a lot of copper wiring I found in uh, SUVs people have left uh, parked and unlocked, <laughs> so we'll see if I'm, uh, I can fly and uh, do cringy dialogue now. I, I think that'd be <laughs> awesome. 